Houston, we have a problem. Good morning, Murray Walker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the other six. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Like the heart rate of skyrocketing. Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotmap, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio Hotmap. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. What is that, buddy? He said, oh, you've got to throw this. Make a radio show? It's that salty, it made my head turn inside out. Oh, yeah. That's Danish. Are we all drunk? (laughs) No, we're not. We're just getting ready. It's a conversation, Dom. You know, look, you know, in fact, you've all been on the... Don't touch that. (laughs) I don't touch the steering (laughs) wheel. So get off the laptop. Yeah. I told you before, not even a laptop. maybe a little bit further down my son and then break. It's like a 1930s or, iPad. iPod. Yeah, uh, in 20s. It's only okay. a, 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 shoot up. Oh. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to shoot up. Ta-da! It's about time you put one together because you are the original <laughs> constructor <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, the original file. Well, g'day, viewers. Good day, viewers. <laughs> g'day, viewers, and welcome to Radio Hotlap, episode 251. That light-hearted and zany podcast that takes a look at the light-hearted world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets, and... Fuck all barbecues, according <laughs> to folks. And this evening, with me, directly across from me, my international travelling partner recently from South Australia, Bryce Bruce Washington. Oh, Bryce. <laughs> Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee Washington. <laughs> Good day, Bruce. Good day. You probably didn't turn it on, did you? <laughs> the noisiest people will be dealt with last. On my right. <laughs> <laughs> on my right. <laughs> Viper, SRT, factory driver. Done well until... Oh, done well at <laughs> Long Beach. Getting on the podium until caught up with the next person whose name will remain nameless at a bar late at night. And you may even miss a, miss a flight, Dominic Farnbarker. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> and he's proud of it. <laughs> you had a bit of sparkle tonight, mate. What's it like, you know, compared to the home stuff? I, I will smell it later on when I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> on the left, tapping generously on his low battery iPhone 4. Luckily, he hasn't got a 5 because the battery would be rooted. <laughs> International Paulie. G'day, viewers. Thanks, bye. Right, <laughs> and over here, our gracious host and almost winner of the 2006 
Le Mans 2013 GT class with Dominic in the 996 RSR due to a gear lever problem at the last minute. Lazarek Nielsen. Hello. What was the problem with the gear lever, Dom? You were going to tell us the story. Oh my god, that's actually a long story. It's not that short. <laughs> how, is, how, <laughs> how, how, how long is this podcast? Well, okay, we want to have it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, guys. Uh, I don't know wherever you were listening from, but uh, we're actually sitting here at the round table and. Uh, Wittbeck. I'm looking over to. Beautiful Sweden. 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 Hello. It's 20 to 11 in the air. The sun hasn't gone down. That's true. Come on, gear stick. Let's go back to the gear stick. Um, Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, Lars can probably uh, also tell something later on, but um, from my view on, um, yeah, Lars was my teammate back then in uh, 996. Together we were driving with with, uh, Pierre Eret. He's uh, not here now, but uh, he's back home in California. He was our teammate, so us three were driving the car, and we were actually lightning quick. We are already, I think, a seven-lead lap to the second-place panels, which was oh. there. And um, yeah, I mean, our victory was already in in writing a, in a pretty good uh, in the bag. In a pretty good. Uh, We're in good wicket. Exactly. Or in Sri Lanka, I don't know. <laughs> so twenty third. hour of the race. Twenty third hour of the race in Le Mans, seven lap lead. It's all coming back to. Everything is perfect. So um, there's this long straight called the Mosan Straight, and I'm arriving at the Mosan corner. That's the last corner before you head down to the next long straightaway, which is the Annapolis Straight. And I'm shifting down from 6th, 5th, 4th, and right when I shift into 3rd gear, right in between the 4th and the 3rd gear, the gear lever broke all the way on the bottom. So it was basically stuck in neutral. And yeah, I had the, I had the gear lever in my hand and uh, the car was just rolling. Didn't do any sounds. People were looking at me. I was looking at the gear lever. The gear lever was looking at me. <laughs> and so on and I was rolling off and I'm like no that can't happen guys come on let there be at least the gear you know so I can roll back to the pits and get my guys uh, to work on the car but no it was neutral right in between two gears so I rolled off to the right I'm trying to look at it again and I really saw that the gear lever really woke, broke all the way on the bottom so I had no no lever left you know to shift up or down or whatever so it was just a little thing a little pin which was hung there and, and there was a hole and nothing nothing in there <laughs> I and I was I was I was rolling we've off we've all been there that's funny <laughs> 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 I was waiting for I was waiting for somebody to shoot shit about it <laughs> now what? Then you started getting an erection, right? I mean, I, I, I correction. Enjoy too. Lars, just wait. Your, your time will come. All right. Uh, no, I didn't get any erection. Um, I was actually, I was actually very disappointed and I was crying. So um, I stepped out of the car. The French uh, marshal, which didn't speak any English, she's like, "You must go away." That's what he said to me, and I said, "Okay, I'm going away." So I left. 
and I was sitting next to the car and I was basically crying. The bad thing was, Mosan Corner is the last, the, the corner which is the furthest away from the pit, so I had no radio contact to my crew. So I couldn't ask for anything, I couldn't ask for help, so nobody had any clue what's going on. Back then there was also no GPS, so they couldn't actually not see where I am. And um, yeah, I was sitting there in the booth, it was, was, it, was maybe 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the sun was burning down, it was a hot day. And I was sitting there in, in close to that golf course, there's a golf course in that corner. Um, yeah, watching people doing uh, strikes and uh, shooting golf ball through the air and uh, I was actually crying. So uh, after like 20 minutes, uh, um, a Danish, a Danish uh, photographer came out. Oh no, I just oh, see that. that. He's just in the glasses, just come out licking and snapped off gears. But anyway. Please, last. Just, I know. Oh, I yeah. see that it, a horror comes back. He <laughs> <laughs> um, brought out the gear. He actually brought out the. I didn't even see that since 2006, and it really brings the tears back. <laughs> so yeah, a Danish, a Danish guy comes after 20 minutes. I think we already. Girl, woman, right? Hmm? Journalist, the woman. Or a woman and the guy. Yeah, okay. But the guy was talking oh, to me, and um. He came to me and said, hey Dominic, what's going on? I said, hi, oh, I'm sad. I mean, the car broke, the car lever, had it in my hands and didn't know what to do. They said, well, did you try to fix it? I said, what do you mean, fix it? In, yeah, in Le Mans you can repair your car. I was like, no way, because I came from like sprint races and usually when you have a DNF, you have a DNF, you can repair. But uh, I was a young driver, it was my first endurance race, so didn't know what's going on. I said, well, if I... Well, I can try, <laughs> so jump back. I mean, the, I think the panels was already on the same lap than I was. I jumped in the car, tried to look how I can fix it, and I came up if I stick um, plastic something, hanger. if I can stuck something in that hole, not the thing, <laughs> what you think now, the pin. but if I can find something to, to engage at least one gear and just hold it there and drive back in the, in the, in the speed limiter, in the, in the ref limiter into the pits and I could actually yeah get it repaired and can get a podium so I was jumping around I was running out into the woods so but I had to be cautious because if you're going further 10, away 10 than meters 10 meters from the car you're done so I had to look into a 10 meter radio, radius around the car to look for something I can stick in that hole so uh, all, all the little little uh, all the all the, all the it, was, it was right between your legs the whole time. So actually, uh, the, 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 the forest in that area was, I would say, very weak. Uh, they didn't get a lot of uh, good water there, so they were actually not very strong. Um, so I looked in the car and I saw we had a cool box back then in the car, and this cool box had a nice lever. So I ripped off the lever from the cool box and used it to shift, and it worked. So that's awesome. Got and, it into, and I got it into the second gear and I drove back. And and to hold it in gear, it wouldn't do it. So I had to stuck my finger into that hole, <laughs> and it was basically almost ripping off my finger. And I was screaming, driving back in so much pain, but I just wanted to get back to the pits as quickly as I could. So I was just in re second gear, ref limiter, all the way back to the to the pits. And I, I will say, that's what makes heroes. Not just to drive a perfect car around the track, but actually to get there, do this, and then come back, have a new lever in, and drive out again. Dominic stayed in the car, and um, 
he was like two minutes away from uh, number one, but he drove like a maniac. And um, he almost caught up with him and was driving so much to the limit that uh, in the corner uh, just before the set route, um, he, uh, he went off slightly, banked the rear, but uh, went on. And he came in 52 seconds after number one. And um, for that, he makes, for me, he's an even bigger hero to come back and do this and go out again and drive. With a sore finger. With a sore finger. finger. Yeah. It no, is. but it's, it, it's just an amazing story. So and, uh, what, you, what you hear here rattling is the gear lever broken. That, that is rather an exceptional moment that you brought this out, Lars. Um, we no. actually have the car right here uh, in the front of the property here in Denmark. Uh, having a look at it yesterday, it, it, it's, it's very historical and it's one of the great tales of Le Mans. I'm, gl I'm glad that tale had a happy ending because my Le Mans at the same year was an absolute friggin' horror story because we were with Bodymatic Team Panos in the um, what was the significantly faster Panos in Esperanto. Esperanto. Or Esperate, because you spelt it wrong. Es Esperanto. <laughs> On the side of the transporter. Yes. And you had to get it um, done, but it's not your fault. That's not my fault. Um, <laughs> in um, significantly faster by, by truckloads in qualifying, uh, only to run the sucker out of fuel on the first stint and be parked on the side of the road and oh. be out of the race before we'd done our first pit stop. Well, you weren't the first team to do that, mm -hmm. and in fact, I recall that. I think I remember Frank Beeler, oh, like, yeah. like mm -hmm. poking his nose around Arnard or something like that. It was really like, worse. He was busy overtaking someone in the fortune came, and yeah. uh, he. I was taking the panels actually. That was the old pit, pit entrance. Anyways, thanks for the story, Dominic. It's uh, it's uh, it's great memories, and even though that we only made second. Um, it was an amazing race. We were called in just 48 hours before the before the um, uh, test, and uh, I called Horst and said, "Can you get a car together so we'll drive them on?" And he said, "Yes." Okay, how long time do I have? He said, "Well, you have 24 hours to put it together, go and do the test drive, and then we'll uh, we'll have them on." And we were so close to winning. But that's the story of Le Mans. There's so many people close to winning, and yet they don't. And that's what makes up for everybody to say, we may be able to win them on. Uh, viewers, I'd like you to know that everybody sitting at this table here, uh, and uh, as we look out to the, the waterways between here and Sweden, have all had a very close relationship with Alan Simonson, and he's our dear friend, and we will be going to his Farewell. Send off farewell uh, with heavy hearts, with smiles, but we will and imagine it'll be a bit of a tough day for all and for many who have listened, um, uh, perhaps around the table we could start with you Paul, um, the moment, something that you recall. Oh, Big Al. Um... Apart from James Hunt. It, yeah, it actually kind of struck me the other day when I was... Um... Sitting in the, sitting in my little guy's playroom, sitting on the sitting on the couch as we we're playing, and all of a sudden I kind of went, "Oh yeah, this is the couch the big owl slept on." Um, 
when he and Hardy came to visit at kind of Bury St. Edmunds, um, the the best thing the best thing about Alan was that he is an absolute racer's racer who would race anything, anywhere, anytime, any country. Have passport, will travel, um, and will get in whether it be a V8 Ute to a prototype at Le Mans and everything in between. Um, and ready to give in and give it an absolute 100, 100%. And if there's any, if there's any kind of young racers out there kind of looking for inspiration out there of like, oh no, I don't want to drive this or I don't want to drive that, you know, every lap you miss out on is one you're never going to catch up. And Al's had more laps around more racetracks than um, most blokes have had hot dinners and... Um, it's uh, good times tonight with um, a few drinks, and um, the thing that kind of struck, really kind of struck me this evening, is how much he would have uh, would have enjoyed um, joining us tonight. Yeah, look, um, when I think about Al, I think about um, back in two thousand seven, and for me in my career, the most enjoyable races I had was back in the um, the GT Championship back in Australia and. The most rewarding, rewarding races for me were racing against him, because you know you're going to have a strong fight, and um, you know. And if I look back at that championship, we started off where we probably didn't enjoy each other's company so much, but towards the end, wow, the respect was so high, and um, you know, even when he clinched the championship, when my car caught on fire, and that's the only reason why he won, of course. But. Um, <laughs> You know, I still went out with him that night. We went out together. I went out with him and his team, and John was there, and um, I celebrated the victory with him. Even though I, you know, I didn't win the championship, and I was gutted, and I had a burnt mouth and a burnt nose from from the fire. Um, you know, I still went out with him, and we had a fantastic night. So um, that's probably the strongest memory I have of him. I want to divide it up into uh, two sections: one for myself, and one for my daughter Christina. Al raced against me, and you know, I raced against him in the Mark series. One day he came up at Monza and said, I'm not sure whether I want to tell you this, but uh, I have a car available for Le Mans. And he was afraid I was going to take it and not invite him to, to drive. But um, we made the deal, he came along, and I'm so proud to have been on the podium with him at Le Mans. We made third, and it was pretty damn good. So uh, that's one of my biggest memories of him. I've known him for all the years. He was kind enough to, uh, to take on driving with my daughter, Christina, and they've done great, very, very well, leading the championship of the um, B class in uh, ADSCG Masters. He was her friend and her light. She's changed over the season, matured, and she asked me what I'm gonna do without Al. And what I said is, like everybody else, think back of what you learned from Al and carry that on in life. And for the four or five months that you've been so close to him, you take everything that you've learned and that'll bring you forward in life and that'll bring you forward to success. And Christina, returning back home after she got the news, braced me and, and all she whispered was 
I want Al's name on the car for the rest of the year. It's going to be there. She's going to be driving with him in his spirit. And we're going to have a great time and great memories of Al. That's my pitch. Uh, yeah, it's t tough. Um, I think back now to all the good memories we had together. I mean, it was 2007. I was actually driving with Lars in the season. We were competing against Ellen. That's the first time I saw his name. I was driving for a team called Autolando. And uh, this guy was. I didn't mean that just drove Porsche Cup series and was the first time driving international big series like that, like with other cars, other brands. And there was this Porsche which was so quick, and I was always, who is that? Pissing annoying. <laughs> could not beat them, they were so quick. And it was uh, um, the car of Alan, Alan Simonson. And he was very strong. I was driving uh, together with Mark Lee back then, I think. Mark Lee was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were very strong. And uh, it's the first time I got to at least see his name, but I never could put a face to his name. So. Um, the first time then I could put a face to his name was 2008 um, when I drove Sebring new season. All of a sudden my uh, my team boss back then it was Tony Dow of Tafel Racing. We changed from Porsches to Ferraris. Told me that um, the second car will have a new driver in the car for the endurance races. <laughs> I asked him who is that? So it's a guy called Alan Simons, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's that quick Danish guy, I remember from. So uh, he was there, and uh, first time I got to see him, I was looking at him, he was like, hey mate, how are you? And I'm like, man, this guy is actually pretty cool. And I got along with him very well, and I think in that um, particular race, um, he was never has never been to Sebring, so... I was walking around with him around the racetrack and I was showing him in the racetrack because I had a little bit of experience there. So um, yeah, we talked a little and got actually pretty good friends. Um, I get f friends with somebody if I really feel that he's a good person and I could really feel he is a good person because his personality is just open and, and very nice. And uh, from that point on, um, a year later, my dad was having, my father was uh, the guy who was responsible for the Hancock program of Farnbacher Racing. So uh, he was looking for drivers and I told him, guys, dad, uh, you really need to look at this guy because he is fucking strong. Sorry for saying that. No, you're allowed but to. It's... We've already been given the explicit tag by Steve Jobs before, <laughs> before Steve Jobs passed on it. He said, you can say it. <laughs> Fuck yeah! As much as you like on this one. In the US, I would get to jail. In the US, I would get to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and on so on that note, I'd for now, I'd like to wrap I, up. I, I'd like to. I'd like to. I think Dominic is understanding this. Dominic has driven so many races, so many successes, together with with Alan, that uh, it's hard to see anyone closer than than Dominic and Alan. And uh, I see them as the youngest youngsters, and I see them as, as brothers in arms, and uh, carry that forward. And absolutely, and we'll just hold that thought because in Nashville, Paulie, 
um, has to disappear out the door. But we will be catching up with him tomorrow night for sure. part B of this. I'll be back for the second half of the show. For the second Very half nice. of the show. But we'll, we might carry on a little bit more. Well, I'll just put it on pause for a sec. <laughs> the wine's out. out. And that means it's welcome to the second part of Radio Hot Lap, episode 251, which previously... Was 250. No, no. was 251 also, V. Oh. But we were doing it in the Northern Hemisphere, the Northern Hemisphere edition. Oh. This is the Southern Hemisphere edition, oh. done in Adelaide. Oh, no. Previously on episode 251, oh, if you'd been listening, listening, you would have heard International Paul Ryan. You would have heard... Bryce Washington, you would have heard Dominic Farnbacher, you would have heard <coughs> Lazarus Nielsen, and, and moi yep. blabbing on about stuff the night before we went to say goodbye to Alan, well for now. Well, it was all in Danish, the entire funereal, and so it was funny because it, it, there was the emotion, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't connect with it. Because yeah. there were no words that really meant anything until the very end where the chairman of, of Aston Martin, David Richards, got up and said a beautiful poem, which you know, basically you ended up saying, look, Alan is everywhere, he has not died. And, and it was lovely, you know, and, and that, was the, that was the bit I understood. Because other than a stadium and Alan somewhere punctuated into the <laughs> 50 minutes of very hard wooden seats um, in, the, in the, the church in the centre of audience, um, yeah, so that was what we did, and here we are, back again, so of course, the question is, most importantly, viewers, is, Sarah, what are you having to drink tonight? A back vein, bucket of milk pepper. Ferrety? I'm enjoying this beautiful red wine that I think is, is that Schumann State? Yes, it yes. is. Yes, it's come down from our good friend mm-hmm. Ross, Ross Fife. Oh, yes. very, very pleasant. It is, it's very nice. Very well with my uh, Corona, because I went to the fridge and as usual, my beers have all been <laughs> evaporated and there was just a single bottle of Corona laying there. So what else did I drink? Well, that's the only thing that, has, the only thing that moved out while I was away was your beers. That's right. Well, that's normal. We have the other way around, I mean, uh, it's an ongoing saga, you know, whether whoever Hardy's flatmate is, he drinks my beers. And, and Dunkin' Donuts. Dalton Draft. Duncan, who was here at the very moment. Yes. The very moment where we're sitting here in the kitchen watching what happened at Le Mans. And what I've realised is that that's a damn good reason not to buy an Android phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never used an Android phone and it's only given me grief. But anyway. Duncan and I have a friend in Melbourne who comes for a day and stays for a week and he's got a new nickname and it's called The Exorcist because when he leaves your house all your spirits are gone. <laughs> oh, very good. Boom, boom. <laughs> In relation to John's evaporating flatmate friends. That's right. The beer thieves. <laughs> the beer thieves. <laughs> so, um, look, it's an open slather. Show me tonight, you know, and lovely for you all to come. Well, we're delighted to see you back, John. In one piece. In one piece. Despite yeah. at the wheels. Having seen some wonderful photographs on Hans Christian Andersen. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Hands on the controls of Triple Seven. Anybody who hasn't seen all the Instagram photos, you need to go to Radio Hotline and uh, have a look. 
Or they can actually go to Instagram.com forward slash hotmail, which is even easier. So, um, yes, there is a, a, a shot of showing how to land a triple seven mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. As opposed to <laughs> as the opposed Silicon Valley to, version. As opposed to Canada. No, it was, well, it was in San, San Francisco. Francisco. When it was San Francisco in Canada. Yeah. 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 You know. Oh, it was Canada. Where the pilots you Do you reckon I can... How, reckon, how close do you think I can get to those rocks? Oh, fuck! <laughs> I didn't know you were about to swear on this podcast. Yeah, you can. You can. You can do what you it, like. It not offend viewers? <laughs> no, it's already on the red tag. You've already been blast. well offended. <laughs> so Enjoy. there you go. So what are the Tell us a bit more. Well... Uh, look, it was a, so, a, a lovely. Yes. It was a lovely um, a funeral, and then um, must be a very know. moving time for for many. Oh, yeah, it was. As well, I said, it was. It was. It was. I found it a little bit of a disconnect because I couldn't understand the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I expected to be going in there with like you know tears rolling down my face at every single moment, every word. But I just, I, I could see the people. I could see it in the. And you know the the lady. But could you feel the emotion, even though you yeah. couldn't understand what was going on? Yeah. I, I can understand the disconnect because you can't understand what they're saying. So you know. I I I I'm only I'm only just starting to get a decent night's sleep two weeks later. Yeah, but I'm, that's you know, we're waking up at four in the morning and crying my eyes out and this and that. This is there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, but it was a beautiful day, and the weather had been you know when we got off the plane. The, well, it was terrible. I tell you what did look divine, and that was the aisle with the flowers down mm. there. I mean, that, that brought tears to my eyes. So, yeah. so many. And having just recently lost my brother, I mean, it would be would have been lovely to have had that same scenario. And I think that's a very, very honourable way of having floral tributes at a funeral. Mm. Just look absolutely gorgeous. And, and with the my... casket walking over it. and You know, I put my suit on. And then the pocket was the, the receipt from the evoker. Oh. <laughs> I'm going, the last time I wore which was this... My, which was, was my a, brother's funeral. <laughs> exactly. And, and the time before the that receipt. was Dad's. Well, I reckon that you buy a suit for weddings and funerals, but you need a couple of weddings, I think, to uh, even things up. What? Anyway, it was lovely to be over there, no, and uh, there was no, no, not him <laughs> attending. Oh, going to weddings. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not going to carry away. No, exactly. There's so many people that you, there's so many people that you, um, that you, you instantly recognise in, from pit lane, whether because they're just in a certain area, or their clothes are on, or, or they're just mm. you know in race attire or something. But when you put them in suits, you just. Uh, like I rang, up, rang everywhere. I rang Dan Swenson up, which I had dinner with last night. Who, who drove up for over to Odessa for dinner, um, and said I'd rang him and said, "Look, Dan, I I, I didn't catch up with you with, at, the, at the funeral. Did you know we we there?" And he goes, "Yeah, I, I, you know, I came up and we had a chat." I went, "Well, I'm sorry, I just you know, <laughs> no, my mind was well, just yeah. so many things. You say to people, yeah. look, I'm sorry if I spoke to you half an hour about the same su- subject, but leave it at that." Um, and that was good. Um, then, so, so what happened after that? We all cruised back um, in the car, and uh, Tom Christensen was going to um, uh, to uh, 
Norris ring the next day to do some young driver training for Audi and Dr right. Ulrich yep. had given him a leave pass to come to the funeral and then we all he dropped him in town at the, the same hotel I'd stayed in last time I was up there with him at the Copenhagen Grand Prix and um, and then Lars took us all to Tivoli which is the magical gardens oh, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and like Luna Park in the centre of the city but it's the most beautiful thing been about 100 plus years old and gorgeous and um, I went on a roller coaster with Bryce and, and uh, 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 Rosella uh, Rodolfi, who's the daughter of um, uh, Orlando Rodolfi, who runs Auto Lando Sport, oh, yeah. which was the 2007 Le Mans car. She was, oh, it's great. So the three of us went for a roller coaster ride. And we all sat there, and, and uh, Nick O'Halloran was there. Yes, and, I saw Nick there in the photo. And it was all very pleasant, yeah, and Nick was good. great, and we all went out for a little beer afterwards, and it's all. All, all, all cool, um, and I was very pleased about that. And you know, Tom had some stories, and Sean Edwards joined us for dinner, who was the uh, just won Nurburgring 24 hour and Dubai, yeah, Dubai and was yeah. currently leading the, the Porsche Super Cup Championship in Formula One. Um, and all, all, all good stuff. And Alan's next door neighbor, Ian Khan, that he'd been riding, driving the like historical seller Arbor. So it was all very, it was a very pleasant meal. Um, and Tivoli Gardens that Lars was had organised, and I must say, that was that when you had the oysters? No, right. <laughs> <laughs> the oysters were for lunch, <laughs> right? Okay. At, at a Hereford Beef Stout, right, which was the same place that's on Hut Street. Street. That's another story. <laughs> and on this note, I must say, while we're bringing Lars's name up, he's been enormously generous and, and kind, and uh, thank you so much, Lars, for your hospitality, and, and he, he, without a doubt, definitely put his hand in his pocket and, and, and paid beyond what was a fair thing for, right. for dinners and drinks and this and that for many people. But um, he, uh, he very much enjoyed the, the time, I think. Um, and then he had to disappear off on, on Wednesday. Yeah, what's he getting uh, a new car? Wait, no, he didn't have a new car. He bought a 10-year-old Carrera oh, GT. 10-year-old, right. Well, they're 10-year-old. Um, Porsche Carrera GT, and he had to ship down to... Um, Germany to have German plates on it, so you didn't have to pay the three hundred fifty-eight percent tax <laughs> on the thing, which is exactly that much. And um, you know, don't ask what the Panamera GTS costs. Where? Huh? Where did it come from? I don't know where he bought it from. Oh, but it was it was he was taking it down to his Spanish house, right? So in Mallorca, so and he was went down there with, with his next door neighbour and then and drove down. To New York, and so I haven't seen Lars. Although there was a message on my phone last night saying, "Look, I'll be back Wednesday That's night." Huh? I'll be back fly. Wednesday night. No, no, he said, I'll, "I'll be back Wednesday night. Just let me know if you want to get in the house, and while I get the gate codes open for you." So again, the second time round, I'm, I'm, I'm left in the house, and you know, don't make a mess on the ceiling. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dare I ask? The wine. Okay, and it, that, I tell you, that is really funny. Because last time I was there, Lars went, John, don't make a mess. And I went, I won't. And he's very fastidious about It's a show home, isn't it? Let's oh, say yeah. It's actually the house that, that it's the house that B and O use for all their product shoots. So okay. gives you an idea. Mm. Yeah, it's um it's cool. It's one all these awards. Um anyway, so I just went, it's okay, Lars, I'll just go down to Irma, down on the corner, which is like you know, the, the deli. And, and get what I want for dinner, and I love doing that. Just walk down along the coast, and I, I, I get a Chilean wine or a Spanish wine, and I, this is what, a few years ago, and I got this wine, and I, I'm, I 
and you've got one of those special openers, when what have I given you? I bought you one of those openers, didn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah, with the pull the lever and yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing. Anyway, I get the thing, and I just straight out. What the with this core? What yeah, the fuck is with this core? Weird one. Right, and no, it's, it's it's just, a <laughs> it just didn't come out clean. I go, fuck yes. Yeah. And I just go, and go, it's sort of caught half the cork's gone in and it's splashed and I go, yeah, yeah. didn't get me, just got on there. And I just wiped it all up, all neat and tidy, everything like that. Now, a few days later, Lars comes back and I, and I'm going, I'll get away with it. He goes, there's no problem, Lars, everything's fine. And we just haven't done it. And then he just he goes, <laughs> what's that on the ceiling? What's that on the ceiling up there? I go, oh, well, uh, there. Why in? Why in? On the ceiling. Right, anyway, the next day in the morning, there's two workmen on the ladder. I tell you not, no shit. I went down and got a bottle of wine before he'd gone away and it did exactly the fucking same thing. Exactly. But I did it over a different part and oh, and no! And he was up in another room. Absolutely not. That's a lot of time. Because there was no stable room. I said, it's that fucking shitty Chilean cork. Well, it's a court, see, that's the trouble. Yeah. That's why we've got the step. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, JP, you, you were here, uh, and I, I was here. and uh, you saw what went on television, and what was the Australian side of it? Uh, there was a little bit of the on the V8s on the weekend. Um, I was actually, I was waiting and waiting and thinking, oh, are they going to say anything, or what's going on? And just before they did V8 Extra. And then after VA Extra, they crossed back to uh, to Townsville to the to the track, and then they basically said, "Oh, and uh, you'll notice that every car's running the sticker this this week, in memory of Alan Simonson." And they had a close up of the sticker. They had a quick interview with um, Go the Dogs. Rusty uh, Sausage. Who who they an interview with? Um, oh yeah, who was Alan going to be driving for this? Ah uh? uh, yeah, um, uh, yes, Mike uh, Wall, BJR. Yeah, but, well, that's, yeah. So, Wall. Yeah, no, they didn't have an interview with Wall, but they had an interview with, with um, Brad. Brad Jones, yeah. And, jo- and Brad was just saying, you know, what a nice bloke and how he was lined up to drive the car this year and blah, blah, blah. So uh, so I've got the, I've recorded it, obviously, so you can see it later on. But significant in that, you know, that, that Jason Richards, who passed yes. away um, 18 months ago, was their part of that team. And was also part of Marinello with yes. Alan. Well, that's right. And then now you've got Alan and that there's, as well. a, there's a brilliant quote in Auto Action from the week before last from Betty Clominco, actually, talking about exactly that. When Alan set the lap record at, um, at Bathurst, and, uh, and Jason was still there as well, which was very poignant, I thought. So, uh, mm. but no, it's been a. It's, it's, it's funny, it, there was sort of, a, in one way, there was a lot of chatter, and then in another way, it was very quiet. Um, I mean, there was mention in mainstream media that the advertiser had an interview with Glenn Cooper um, and a few, a couple of photos. Um, and and actually, I laughed because um, one of the photos was the year at Clipsall when he was with Nico Halloran, and we didn't even hardly see him. <laughs> so I just thought that was a bit ironic. But uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's been a fair bit of uh, stuff, but. It's, I guess it's gone quiet now, so, you know, we just remember. We got to see a, a, a lot of um, Denmark that I hadn't seen before. In fact, I went down on Friday to, I don't say again, to see Benny and Karina. 
BMI and Tazo, but it was it was Alan's birthday and it was just a oh, bit right. it was just a bit unsuitable to do that. But that, it was just you know everyone's you know sort of not really themselves. So but I went across the store bridge, which is between uh, uh, from from the island of Fern. I remember you showing me the video of that yeah, the last yeah, time. And, we and went I went over there, yeah. one bunch of back in the car, um, and then twice again in the train. So six times I've been. I've been to, I'd answer three times in the last week. <laughs> and um, But then I, I had this friend that I did that Ferrari project with called Steen Buckman from Bill's Magazine, and he was uh, had a house, a little place called, uh, if, if you were to pronounce it as you read it, it's Slag Else. Slag Else. I got that right now, Slag and uh, it's, uh, anyway, it's quite, quite good. We sat down there and there was a bit of, you know, something to be taken out of the garden, rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit relaxing, you know, is what yeah, I think I needed it. And then you got hungry. I was very hungry. Jelly bean city. Yeah, no, there you go. That's right. The lollies are here. He grows his own veggies. You have to take them through them. You know Declare. Yeah, you know. We know Claire, but no, no Declare. No I know Declare well. I spoke to her a little earlier. <laughs> um, so that was cool. And just, and it, 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 it's a bit of a, he, he describes it as, um, Steen describes the area as a, a bit of a hippie community. And, I can only say that it, it is just gorgeous scenery and walking down the little paths and hedges. And Denmark is just so lovely like that. But, um, it's, it's, still, it's still expensive as hell. And depending on how much gardening you do, elves jump out of small hedges. Yeah, there are elves, especially after yes. a bit of a... <laughs> About gar after gardening. Homegrown veggies. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, like homegrown vegetables. So... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, and the trains are good. I like the trains. Yeah, you got the trains. Oh, yeah, but all the Instagrams. You're going to love this. Yeah. Okay, so everything, everything in Denmark is on time to the minute. It's like you go see the train, but it's it spot on. So I booked the direct to Copenhagen Airport train last night, which I thought, well, it's a twelve thirty flight. I don't need to be there till you know ninety minutes or something like that. Um, and um, so I picked one at 8.46, direct to the airport. Well, this is a bit of a fuck up. Like, you know, the train's there, but there's half a train, another train's joining it, and then it stopped at every station. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Well, this morning at 6 o'clock, the DSB, which is the Danish train board whatever workers, gone, no, nah, that's it, we're on strike. So I got to the fucking airport half an hour before the flight was due. Jay, could you were, was you were business. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I went, here, yeah, put that on. And the guy didn't be. I just said, I'm sorry, I'm late. <laughs> anyway, and then I had to beetle through, and then there was like, there was a, a massive crowd to get through the passport control, and they wanted to look at everything. But then I saw this little gap, so I went, right, I'll go in there. And said, so no! <laughs> <laughs> No, you Aussie. Is it? It's Nineteen okay. minutes wait. And I'm going. Well, I can't wait there. Deep plane. Deep plane. Deep plane. 
Yeah, yeah, but not before I, I got through and I was straight to the SAS lounge. Guzzle, guzzle. Guzzle a couple of... Was Bryce with you or have you... Huh? He's left. He's Bryce. Bryce is back home. He's gone. Oh, and Bryce, I'm dirty on Bryce, because he went down to... He went down to, to Zurich to see a friend and got A380 home business. Mm-hmm. Okay. My own uh, 7200ER San Francisco edition. Ah. <laughs> no tail for you. Julia <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gonski. Julia Gonski. Yep. Can't be looking at that newspaper. <laughs> I hope he's Gonski. Yeah. I, I, I understand if anyone watched Quanda. That Malcolm Turnbull was on the other night. Yeah, yeah, we watched it. And uh, everyone's going, you step in there? He's the boy. Mm. He's it. He's mm. a grandma boy. Also, $400 for you for polling day, if you're interested. Absolutely. Thought so. And you. And, and talk to people. Like, you know, I have iPhone problem? <laughs> It'll be more so, um, can you spell that surname? <laughs> That's what it's, it's ticking off my I've used to do it. Yeah, Andy Kennedy's good. looking for people for his no, no. booth. 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 So, yeah. podcaster. No, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. It oh, doesn't matter what it's podcast. Barbecues, racing cars yeah. and politics. Yeah, politics. Yeah. And, and no, just not politics. No reform. No education. She got skin. What's the mood in Australia about all that? Well, what, what, depends what you talk to. What, 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 what shocking with respect to what? Well, like, you know, Kevin Rudd is, appears by ballot to be a much more, by poll, a much more popular leader than the budgie smuggler. So the budgie smuggler could be in trouble. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the budgie smuggler's got, you got issues with budgie smuggling in ears. Yeah, he could be in strife. But do you think that Malcolm Turnbull is going to jump in there? Because no. obviously that's the only solution. No, no, no. I don't think so. It's not going to happen. No, well, I don't think it happen. I think Budgie Smungart will be. The he's the man. man. Malcolm actually said straight out, no, nah, it won't change the thing. No, nah, yeah, it's Kevin not going to happen. Too, you know, da, da, da. Yeah, but Kevin said it in a way that made you wonder whether it was or it wasn't. Malcolm was very adamant that it was definitely not going to happen. That was the way it was done. Blah, blah, blah. So. Well. So did you get to watch the Grand Prix? Uh, which one? Watch both of them. Oh, Actually, right. no, I watched, we, we all sat down and watched the... Uh, German? The British Grand Prix. Right, yeah. So it was the tyre blowouts, which yeah. was all pretty interesting. A bit scary. Um, and uh, I was with Benny going over to Karina's on Sunday afternoon. I said, you're going to watch the Grand Prix? He go, yeah, and, but we sort of... It was boring anyway, mm. from what I understand, and, and the, the annoyance one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's lots of, you know when you go away for a couple of weeks and you don't drink South Australian wines and you come back and you taste that, you go, it's so sultanery. Yeah. Does that what you, you get? Yeah. Mm. I'm going through this with Dan, my nephew, he's over Is he still here? And he's, um, he bought a heap of um, uh, French. Oh. Oh. oh, not on the business class documentation. Oh, no. You've got the economy for you. <laughs> you cannot spill. Sorry. 
Good job you got that dishcloth around your neck to mop up with. Oh, you're using the. What is, did you get frightened? Did you get frightened about something? Is that what happened? So no, the, what, I just, I've just got, I don't know. That's the dangle. It's all the dangle. Do you want to take this home with you? I do. Well, either of you, you can buy, you share it. But the fact is, it's got, it's got wines. It, it's even more authentic now. It's got a bit of wine on it. <laughs> White wine. White wine. Yeah. That's right. I Sorry, Verity, I, I interrupted you talking about Dan and that sultanery wine before oh, no, spillage. The, what they're used to overseas is very different from what we're used to here. Yes. And the. French wine and Italian wine and Argentinian wine that they're so used to over there. When they come to Australia and they try our, you know, fruit-driven inverted commas, yep, which of course we are very used to. Mm. Um, and then he bought a couple of bottles of white wine to my face for the other day, and only two. Was it just a sandwich? French, and <laughs> they were just so different from what we're used to, and that's why. He says, I can't drink this Australian Sauvignon Blanc. Right. If I see another Sauvignon Blanc, I'll go mad. Really? But, yes, mm, but, but, that's, but, that's, but that's what they do. But a lot of people do, don't like Sauvignon. they've got so Sauvignon. many other choices. That's why Pinot Grigio's taken off. Correct. Agree. Yes. Angry. And Grigio is yeah, still Grigio cheaper. And Grigio's cheaper because yeah. it's Italian. And mm. mostly, the Gris is a nicer version. The is nicer. Either, either or, but it's, it's the new flavour, which is more, far more European. We were saying that. But he bought a, a gorgeous French um, Chardonnay, mm. which I went, ooh, I don't think so, I don't like it. And I have to tell you, he opened it on Sunday night, mm. and left the, because it, it was corked wine, and left the cork out of it, put it back in the fridge. Perfect I, for Brecky Monday morning. I drink on Tuesday night. And I had a drink last night, yeah. and I have to tell you, it was delightful. Mm. Even though it's been open in the fridge for four days. That's the difference between international and Australian wine. That, 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 is, that is a good point. I've, I've been so out of kilter. And I've, I think with our wines in Australia, unfortunately, we have so many preservatives and things put in them. Well, um, that's a good point, too. Histamines. Mm. And, and, and I was, I've been, I've been, histamines aren't put in them. It's the no. Yeah, that bump them up or, or yeah. cause them to. Yeah. But being in Denmark, I was a bit out of kilter time-wise, so just when I go to bed, I'd open a bottle of white wine. And not to drink it, but then as soon as I wake up, I'd have a glass. Because it'd be like five minutes. Australian time. And I'd right. like, go, I don't need breakfast anyway. What's morning? You know, you get a bit muddled with jet lag, you're not sure if it's. I was, I was, I was not jet lagged. I hadn't been on the plane. You are now, clearly. No, no, not all today. I slept, I slept like a baby the whole way. I slept. We would It was at 12.30 p.m. 12.30 p.m. out of Copenhagen, arriving in at 6.30 a.m. And so after I, like the sunset so of Mongolia... Hey, Mary and Frederick activity? Didn't see. No. And no, didn't see Jochen either. Didn't see any of the roars. They were there. Um... And no F1 drivers that I can see. But that's all. <laughs> I'm here. 
We yeah. stopped there on the yeah. way back. Uh, yeah. You know what you know they cost? Because per light. Because I was under. You know what they I was under instructions. Ladies run out of tea No, it's four dollars ninety-five. Oh, they four point nine five cents. When I buy them this week. Per tea So I only ever buy them when they're on special. But in this case, completely. Look, at four ninety-five. Who cares? Really. Well, I thought we had a cupboard full of them, but apparently we haven't. Who makes them? But in China, they're made in China in the Gaozang province. And then shipped, <laughs> shipped by uh, them to IKEA Central for a stamping <laughs> before back down here. Business class. Treatment. Well, uh, Galima. Mm. You just, yeah, that's how you live on four dollars, four four point nine five cents a day. So mm. yeah, so the Gao Zeng. I had to pick him up at the airport, and then we dropped into IKEA, took a photo, which went straight up on Instagram. Oh, and he's got the special doors. He's got. Oh, he knows the doors. No, but he knows the doors. Uh, I just. We were, just, it, we, we were through quicker. Yeah. I've never seen that. What's the And then the, 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 the exit door that you duck straight through to the candles and the lighting I from the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I think you're going the wrong way. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> out. I know exactly where we're going, I care. We got through to the checkouts quicker than it took us to yep. checkout. We started on the roller coaster. Because the idea the is to go up, and we came out of the gate. Straight, straight, straight up the exit. Is this the right? No, this yeah. is like All the way through to yeah. explore out. <laughs> yeah, no, bugger that. I go in, yeah. doors, and it says, please open doors carefully. It's almost like staff only. Mm. And I just go, <laughs> in, and I go, right, uh, four packets of those, one of those, one of those, and I'm done. Wait I can be there for 15 minutes maximum. Yep, it's good. I, yeah, I know. Well, well I don't know. I think everybody's getting a bit hungry. Well, I think we are getting a bit hungry. And But is there any, is there any more motor racing that needs to be covered? Well, we're sort of wrapping up. Been sort I think of next week we'll, there'll be more stories to tell and all the Australians that have... There's been all sorts of uh, things for Alan here and yes. um, in Marinello Motorsport last night. And yeah, well, see, we haven't heard anything about that yet. Oh, yeah, so. I, 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 I have had some, some email that they'll be calling a little bit later on. But I'm thinking, JP, that we should perhaps consider having some sort of a, a pub sort of thing where we don't have to put a hand in our pocket or anything, where well, we just um, go to people that know, like, you know, Mike Drewer and, yep. and, and, and those sorts of guys that know, knew yes. Alan, yep. they go, well, let's all... Have a drink in his Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in his honour. Why don't you have a big function? Yes. Teppanyaki, Alan. Well, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do that. Mike was on the radio, so... Uh, and, and I think he was quoted in the advertiser um, story as well. So... Yeah, no, that's a good idea, Johnny. I just... Sorry. It might be just a, a, an opportunity for that. Next week. To Next be able week. To Stoney's away this oh, weekend. Look. I saw Stoney. Yeah. Um, he was a bit... You know, oh, sorry, you hear you guys, you know, rah, rah, rah. Um, so, but he's away this weekend. And there you go. I think it'd be a nice opportunity for people to be able to have hmm. a bit of a chin wag and talk about some stuff. And, you know, people, I think, I, I think a lot of people have been suffering a lot in silence about what's happened with Alan and kept quiet and just don't really know how to deal with that sort of stuff. Hmm. So, very interesting. We'll get something organised for next week. Right, well, we're just going to have some pizza. Rusty sausage. Let's. The rusty sausage has been away for a two week holiday. I know I'm bringing this back. Now, I, have to do, I do have to say <laughs> that I did go on Saturday in Slaughterhouse Community to uh, a fair, red, long haired, dash hound show. 
and you posted it on Instagram. Mm. You forget. Instagram.com. So yes. That, 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 hello, viewers. Slash up, man. That's right. But they were, that was pretty, it was pretty funny. Mini sausage. Mini sausage. Winky John. And it's a sausage, and there's sausages everywhere. What happened to the video shoot down at the beach? Film. Men with sausage. Oh, I've never not, not heard anything from the guy, and not no photo either. Typical you know, photographers, like, you know, oh, I've seen all the stuff. Huh? He might be listening. No one listens. Not big fire. <laughs> no one listens. Thank you. No one listens. That's right. Wow, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. No one expects the Spanish mustard. Or the Inquisition. Correct. Let's go, folk. Totally. Come on.